0: last week, we're beginning to walk through a series of what Christians believe. Now, before your eyes blaze over and you're like, oh, this is going to be a history lesson, it's not. Because we follow a living, active God who brings to life the truths of His Word in our lives as we seek to follow Him in faith. Throughout life, um, one of the things that we say every Sunday is the Apostles' Creed. It's usually the wake-up call after the sermon. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, it is the oldest and most widely accepted creed in the history of the Christian Church. There's also the Nicene Creed, right? And then there's another one that's not as well known. Anybody know it? The Athanasius Creed. Yes, that's right, yeah. Excellent. Okay, extra points. Okay, no. (laughs) That one's really long. Um, And it deals a lot with the Trinity. But the Apostles' Creed, oldest and most widely accepted, it's actually recognized in all the branches of the Christian faith. Protestant, Roman Catholic, Orthodox. It's recognized in all of those. And for 2,000 years, it has been the succinct statement, sort of of the the irreducible minimums, if you will, of the Christian faith. You know, if you go to different churches, you see different ways of worshiping. One might believe one thing about this thing. One might believe something else about it. But these are the non-negotiables. If you intend to call yourself a Christian... These are the non-negotiables of the faith. It is a broad survey of Christian doctrine. It starts with creation and it ends with eternal life. Okay? So the whole thing is kind of encapsulated in this little thing that we say every Sunday. You know, and it started very practically um, <clears throat> when people were going to be baptized. They were asked questions about what they believed. Because the irreducible minimums of the Christian faith are really important. It's not just, eh, whatever you want to believe. I mean, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, these are the things. So, um, some of the earliest questions uh, put into our modern language. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth? Right. Right. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, God's Son, our Lord? We do. Do you believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again from death? Irreducible minimums. If you're believing something else besides that... My history teacher used to say, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) You gotta watch out for that. Um, Then the creed developed. As the church battled heresies and things like that, they said, oh, you know, this, this is a really important question. Uh, We better put this in something that we can fall back on to be able to identify and guard the church from heresy. So there's a few reasons for the creed, Um, you know, to help distinguish truth from error, um, to provide a basis for being able to refute heresy. You know, it's a popular opinion out there right now that Christ was not born of a virgin and that he did not rise from the dead. Yeah, I have socks on because I'm going to play the organ in a minute. So, okay, all right, yeah, no. <laughs> it's a popular thing to believe those things right now. Um, and we've kind of decided that, you know, our, our modern approach to the Christian faith has to be modified to accept the way things are in the world now. There's a lot of dangers in that that we really need to be careful of. Uh, another reason for the creed was to provide basis for Christian fellowship. It's something that we can all agree upon. You know, um, If you want to go deeper into what we believe, check out the 39 articles of 1571. <laughs> right, Those are some of the beliefs in the Apostles' Creed expanded upon and outlined a little bit more in depth. If you would like to take a look, it's worth having a peek uh, at that. So, it's also important to say that since we're going to be looking at the Creed for a number of weeks and the different beliefs lined up in it, it's important to know that um, we don't base our faith on the Creed. We base our faith on Holy Scripture from which the Creed is taken. The Creed is not Scripture. It is a codified uh, series of non-negotiables that we take out of Scripture and we, it's been encapsulated so that we can approach it on a daily basis or on a weekly basis as the church. Uh, but it is not Holy Scripture. Uh, <clears> 2 <throat> Timothy 3.16 says that the Word of God is inspired by God. It is true in all its parts and entirely trustworthy. And it's from God's Word that we get the creed. So that's the foundation that we're uh, approaching this from. So, if you talk with people in culture right now, it's not popular to be certain about anything. Have you ever noticed that? Like, no one's willing to commit to something. They're always trying to leave room for something else, or somebody else. And that's really good in some areas of life. It's important to be able to be flexible with other people. But that does not change the fact that there are non-negotiables, that truth is truth. And that if it's not truth, it's error. Even if we don't like it. Um, A lot of people will say, I'm not sure. I don't really know. What's true for me might not be true for you. But what's true for God is in fact true for us. Whether or not we necessarily like it. Because it's God and his truth. (laughs) Um, But that doesn't mean that his truth is something that um, if we will actually look at it and believe it and apply it to our lives, it's not a tough pill to swallow because his truth is living water to our souls. It's when we try to gobble up all this other stuff that we begin to suffer and to wither. So we look at the first two words of the Creed today up against the idea that Well, I'm not really sure, and what's true for me might not be true for you. The first two words of the creed are, I believe. Right? So if we go back to Judges for just a moment, chapter 21. Written over 3,000 years ago, it could have been written yesterday. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Does it sound familiar? Mm Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. It would be tough to find a more fitting description of what's happening in North America today. If you ask people what they believe, you get this sort of weird array of answers. Um, I was talking with someone several years ago, and uh, I wrote down what he said because I knew I was going to use it in a sermon someday. (laughs) We are talking about belief, and he says, I don't know what I believe, uh, and if I believe, well, I think there's some kind of higher power, uh, I think, but I don't know. Uh, like, right now, I'm at a point where I don't know what to believe, but, like, I'm open to everything, so, like, I believe in everything, because, like, I don't know what I truly believe in. So there was a lot of like in there, but there's a lot of wishy-washy, I'm really not sure, So people tend to be pretty spiritual. Um, They have an openness to the idea that there's a higher power, but it's our job to introduce them to Christ and say, yeah, that higher power, I know him. (laughs) Right? If you talk with people about their views on Christianity, a really common reply is that Uh, If you believe Jesus died on the cross, you're a Christian. That's one of the non-negotiables, right? But there are a bunch of them. The creed doesn't stop there. As I mentioned before, it's popular to believe Christ was not born of a virgin, that he did not physically rise from the dead, Um, You know, there's a lot of things that are happening in the the culture and in the church right now that fly in the face of biblical Christianity. If you ask people what they're basing their beliefs on, nobody says the Apostles' Creed (laughs) or even Holy Scripture. Quite often, they'll say, well, this is what I understand God to be. So, that's a fairly convenient religion. It's not a Christian one. It looks quasi-Christian, and if you're not careful, you can be fooled into thinking that it is. But this thing where you keep the parts of the Bible you like and you get to throw away the rest, that is the tragedy that has befallen the mainline denominations over the last century. One by one, one after another... They have fallen prey to this sort of human-centric religion where I will believe in God and I will follow the tenets of the Christian faith so long as it doesn't challenge sin in me or so long as it doesn't require me to change. That's not the Christian faith. That's something masquerading as it, and there are a lot of folks caught in it. This is one reason why we need the creed. Why we say I believe. It is such an important corrective to this sort of me-centered theology. Right? Someone described it as drive-up church. <laughs> like you're going to church for a drive-up window. What do you want in your coffee? Well, no. <laughs> what do you want in church? It's all about me. The creed reminds us that truth is not optional there are actually boundaries to the Christian faith. In an age where boundaries are being pushed everywhere, whether it be in what we believe, what we read, what we will accept as normal, a lot of boundaries are being pushed with abortion, a lot of boundaries are being pushed with human sexuality. It's all over the place. Some things have got to be believed if we are going to call ourselves Christians. We can choose to live outside those boundaries, but if we do, we shouldn't call ourselves Christian. We can't say, as long as we believe in Jesus, it doesn't matter what else we believe. Unless the Jesus we believe in is the Christ found in the Bible, it is not the real Jesus. It's some other concocted figment with the same name. Christianity is more than a conversion experience. It's more than the warm fuzzies and the feels and and all that stuff that sometimes happens with people. It doesn't come naturally to us because it's easy to follow this other stuff, right? It's easy. We want to feel good. We want to follow what makes us feel happy and that sort of thing. But what will give us actually True and unending joy is living our lives following the truth of the Word of God because anything else leads to a dry and desert place. So to be a Christian means, you know, learning these central beliefs of the Bible and knowing why you believe what you believe so that when you come up against something in the culture that smacks up against it, You're not going to be blown about by various winds of doctrine as we are warned about in Scripture, but you will know what the truth is, who you are, and whose you are in Christ Jesus. So truth is not up for grabs. Uh, It's not decided by what we feel, or kind of the majority rules, or a vote, or an opinion poll. The creed reminds us that truth comes from Almighty God, and that is where we have got to start in our Christian journey. So, why do I care about a creed? Seems old-fashioned, you know. Um, Seems like when we say a creed, sometimes someone will say that that sounds Catholic, meaning sort of Roman Catholic, or because they've heard that in those more liturgical settings before, and that sort of thing, and... Um, the reason that we need a creed, besides what we've talked about before, is just those first two words, I believe. I believe. It's a different thing than saying, I think, or I feel. Right? In counseling, we're taught to say, you know, not, you made me angry, but when you did that, it made me feel. You know, that can be a really useful thing to say, (laughs) but in this case, with I believe, it's not an I think or I feel, it's I believe, it's making a personal commitment to the truth when we say, I believe. It is drawing a line in the sand and saying, I believe. I'm not going to stick my toe over here because this is not truth. Romans 1.16 declares the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Gospel of John, over 80 times, says that salvation comes to those who believe. Believing is really important. And there's a difference between believing and believing. You can have all the head knowledge you want, about the history of the creed or the bible this and that but until you have come to that place where you can answer those baptismal questions with fidelity in the deepest part of your innermost being there's more steps that need to be taken in your life with the Lord so that word uh, belief um, (coughs) in the Greek it's um, pistuo. <laughs> pistuo. Uh, <clears throat> and it doesn't just mean believe, it means believe into something. And it's used uh, in the context of putting your weight down on something, leaning into something. Uh <clears throat> have you ever had to walk across a bridge that kind of looked questionable mm-hmm. or something like that? And you're like, I don't know if I want to put my weight down on this. Um, you know, to believe yeah, Lattice Bridge is probably pretty, uh, yeah (laughs) out by Houghton yeah, yeah, (laughs) okay (laughs) ah, gotcha yeah, you know, when you believe you're putting your weight down on it because you're trusting, you're having faith, you're relying upon it fully, you are completely committed, you're not holding back I believe is a non-negotiable statement It's not, I believe it's going to rain tomorrow. They said that this morning and it didn't, you know. (laughs) Um, It's not even a factual thing. Like, I believe Joe Biden is the President of the United States. That's just a fact, you know. But, I believe is indicating a spiritual commitment in our innermost being in this case. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says, I know whom I have believed. <clears throat> he doesn't say, I know what I believed, or I know how I believed. Uh, he doesn't say, I know how much I believed, or I know when I believed. Right? He is saying, I know whom I have believed. It's an indication that he is putting down his weight, he is trusting, and he is placing himself entirely in that person's hands. Spurgeon says it this way. He says, I know the person into whose hand I have committed my present condition and my eternal destiny. I know who he is, and I, therefore, without any hesitation, leave myself in his hands. It is the beginning of spiritual life to believe Jesus Christ. The original form... Of the Apostles' Creed, this is my final consideration for us today, it begins with I believe, not we believe. There's a significant difference there. <clears throat> we don't say we believe because true belief is personal. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, I remember when I, I went to a Word of Life event one time, the preacher said, God doesn't have grandchildren. <laughs> and it's true, right? So you've got to make up your own mind. You can't live on the faith of those around you. You can't live on the faith of your parents. Your children can't live on your faith. Um, <clears throat> at its heart, the church is more than a gathering of people or a collection of Christians, right? It's, it's a community of believers who are joined together by their common faith in Jesus Christ, by this this um, compilation of non-negotiables. It's community of believers. They are the ones that you see around you here in this building. They are the ones who are gathering with us online. They are the ones who are worshiping you know, uh, all across the world today as we gather here. And they are also the ones that have worshiped Christ for 2,000 years. We talk about the church militant, that's us, and the church triumphant. That's them. We are a part of that history and that witness. When we gather for worship here in Brownsville, with the 30 of us that are here, we join with all those that have gone before and all those that are worshiping now, gathered under the roof of the non negotiables of the Christian faith. That's why for two thousand years the church has affirmed the Apostles' Creed. It expresses our common faith. In Christ, So knowing why we believe, what we believe, is incredibly important. And it's my prayer that as we walk through this, uh, over the next several weeks, that the Holy Spirit will bring to life the words of truth from Scripture. And that if you're finding yourself in a place where you're in the doldrums in your faith, that this will enliven your heart and... Spark new interest in deepening your discipleship and your walk with the Lord. Let let me pray for you, please. Lord, as we embark on this journey and this time to understand the core beliefs of the Christian faith, we ask, Lord, that you would reveal to us your truth. We ask that you would correct error whether it be in any of us here or in me. We lay our hearts before you. God, we pray that if we have not come to that place, that we would surely come to the place where we can say, I believe. I have put down my weight on Christ. I trust him with the now and the future. Lord, help us to be able to see untruth when it confronts us as it slips into the church here and there, as it has over the history in North America, especially in the last hundred years. And help us, God, to identify that and to respond with the truth, seasoned with your love. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Let's stand and confess our...